operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Welcome back to Compilation Podcast. As always, I am Ross. By my side, Stephen. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. As always, you can check us out at comicbookrevolution.com for all the reviews and such. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2Ks Revolution. And Stephen? You can find me at President Glover on Twitter. There you go, my friend. <laughs> This podcast, we have a whole slate of DC Comics, and you know I am just loving DC Comics nowadays. Just loving it. Yep. In this podcast, we're going to take on Flash number 54, Mm -hmm. Hawkman number 4, Red Hood Outlaw number 26, and Superman number 3. Yes. And Titans number 25. That's a lot of comics. Yes, my friend. Let's hop right into it. Let's go with Flash number 54 first, shall we? This issue is brought to us by Joshua Williamson. The words Christian Deuce or Ducey. Take your pick. I apologize for brutalizing it. Doing the art. Luis Guerrero doing the colors. And in this, we have Barry Allen has taken over. You know, we've got all the different forces out there, right? The speed force, the, the strength force. All that kind of fun stuff, right? Yeah, that, that's right, because this is all attached to, you know, playing into what Snyder's doing on the Justice League yeah. as well. And now Barry's gotten control of the Strength Force, so he's all like, Hulk-sized. And Trickster also has the Strength Force, so he's all jacked up too. <laughs> and they are taking on the future, the cold from the future, mm-hmm. Commander Cold. And the warden of uh, uh, Blackgate. Is that the jail? What's the name of the jail? Is it Bell Reeve? Is it Bell Reeve? I don't know. Did they not have a location thing at the beginning? Uh, no, of course not. Why did you do that? <laughs> Anyhow, so the warden is there and some of his cops in suits of armor. There you go. Anyhow, so they're battling... And the, the, the cops want Trickster, and Barry's like, I'm going to save him. And he's just whooping ass with his strength force. And he's like, wow, this is how Superman must feel. <laughs> and so Cold, uh, and, and it, it's interesting is that, that uh, Barry realizes that the strength force is not just necessarily raw strength. It also is the manipulation of the gravitational field. So he can focus on weight instead of strength and control gravity. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty yeah. cool. So, anywho, kind of Starboy-esque there from Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> he takes out all the cops and asks Commander Cold to help him save the Trickster. Well, Trickster then grabs the Warden. He's pissed. He's, he's fed up with everything. And he's uh, about to lay a little revenge on the Warden for how he was treated while he was locked up. And Barry says, nope, not going to do it, unhand him. The two of them start brawling. And at this point, Commander Cold decides, whoop, I'm going to side with Barry on this one. Freezes the, the armored police. And Barry and Trickster continue to 
to duke it out with their super, super strength powers. And Barry ends up winning. And in the process, they both lose the strength force. Okay? And we see everyone knocked out. We see the rogues are knocked out. But, and Barry's back to normal. But guess who still has the strength force? Trickster. He still has the strength force. And we find out he's holding this building they were fighting in. He's holding the roof up. Right? And uh, he tells Barry, get everybody. Get out. And Barry's like, no, you're because you're about to lose the strength force yourself. And he's like, I'm, I'm, get out. Let me do this one good thing. And he's, he's holding it and he slowly starts to shrink and shrink as the speed forces, the strength force is losing him. And Barry's like racing people out, in and out, in and out, in and out real fast. And then the trickster turns back to normal and everything collapses before Barry can get back in to save him. Barry's super speed starts clearing all the rubble, finds trickster's um, fake arm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I couldn't save him. Yeah. So he's bummed. We then cut to the next morning. Commander Cold, Barry Allen, they're discussing what happened. And uh, Barry's mad at Cold for being reckless. Cold's like, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm, we're, we're in a race to save, you know, my time zone, my future that's been all messed up. I just want to go home, you know. And so the two of them continue to argue, 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 argue. And... Um, Cold cryptically says, you know what? The strength force was just the start. You need to get over yourself, and you need to get ready for what's coming. Bum, bum, bum. So, because Barry's still trying to figure out all these new forces, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to, he just wants everything to go back to normal. And Cold's like, everything's not going back to normal. The future's already been changed. The fact that I'm here shows that the future's been changed. You've got all these different forces out there. What you've experienced is just the beginning you need to get your mind in the right place and face facts that we got some tough times ahead. Yeah. And so Barry's like, Hmm, maybe I need to think bigger. Maybe I need to go out on a force quest. And then he references how we saw a while ago, Williamson had him meeting the, um, all the flashes from the different, yeah, uh, from the, the different, from the yeah. multiverse. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he asked them, remember Barry went to talk to them about what he needed to do. And they were like, you need to think bigger. You need to think bigger. Yeah. And that, and they all mentioned, well, have you been on a force quest before? Because evidently other Flashes and other universes have done a yeah. force quest. And he's like, hmm, maybe I need to do a force quest myself. Yeah. Pretty cool. I really like what Williamson, Williamson's been doing with the, with the Flash mythos. Yeah. Like it's it. really interesting. And it's playing well into what Snyder's doing with Justice League as well. Yeah. It's, it's re- he's doing a really good job. I, I like what the two guys are doing. I agree. It's, it's good work. Yeah. Um, then we uh, cut to Barry Allen talking with Iris, and Barry's you know kind of being standoffish with Iris, and she's like, "Look, I know you're scared. I know you feel lost with all these new forces going around, but we gotta we gotta keep we can't cut each other off from each other. We need to keep sharing, keep talking." And he's like, "You know what? I got a feeling that you're holding something from me, and you're the last person to talk about hiding stuff. You know." What, what, what are you hiding from me? I know, I know you saw something from your past life. What are you not telling me? And you see her, you know, thinking about her getting married to Barry, their mm-hmm. wedding day. Yeah. And she's like, I, nothing. Ooh, keeping the secrets. And he's all like, fine, don't tell me. I see it when I, 
see at home when I get done with my shift. And she looks sad, and he walks away, and it's very a lot of empty, negative space, and it's very sad. Everyone's lonely and kind of you know breaking apart. Yeah, the shadow of Barry Allen is flames. Mm-hmm. Which is like that's a very interesting image. It's it is it's a cool panel. Yeah. I like it, and it really emphasizes these these two characters kind of. Drifting apart as they close each other off from each other, yeah. and you know it's and you know it's it's tough because Iris is getting all these memories back from the real DC universe mm-hmm. with Rebirth, right? Yeah. And obviously she doesn't want to spring on Barry. Oh, by the way, we were married. Yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm. just to take in on your own, much less tell someone else. <laughs> yeah. So I I get you, you, you. The reader feels Williams is doing a good job. You don't feel mad at anyone. You get no. why Barry's acting the way he is. You get why Iris is acting the way she is. No one, no one's coming off across like the bad guy. Yeah, everyone's got sympathetic, and it makes the situation even that much more tragic. Yeah. So good writing there. We then cut to the trickster. He's alive. Yeah. And sans arm. Sans <laughs> arm, and he is in some creepy location. Looks like a haunted mansion. <laughs> and we then see a shadowy figure approaching, and he's like. Hey, kid, don't get down. It's all like a long con. Come on, take my hand. And we pan back, and it's the real trickster. <laughs> James Jesse. Back. What <laughs> the heck? The real trickster's back, Stephen. Yep. I did not see that coming. Yep. It has <sighs> been... A long time. A long time, yeah. I did not see the coming. My jaw's on the ground. <laughs> Williamson got me. You got me. I was surprised. The Flash 54, what'd you think, Steven? Um, uh, like every, like most of every, of Williamson's run, I've really enjoyed what he's done with the Flash. I like that, um, I like that right after the stuff on, um, what was it? Uh, fifth after the Gorilla Grodd story, it's like okay, well, I don't know where you can really go from here. It just like expanded, just like oh, well, there's actually all this other stuff, right? And I thought like, wow, okay, that's really cool. I wonder where they're gonna go with it. And I like what they're like. I mean, the idea of a Force Quest is kind of cliche, but so what? I mean, the fact that we don't know everything that's out there means that there's a lot of potential to see really cool stuff. Yes, and um. I, really, I still really like what he's doing with uh, Barry Allen. I mean, it would have been so easy to have made, like, now the growing separation between Barry mm-hmm. and Iris after they spent so much time trying to get together frustrating. But it's actually really sad because you feel um, you feel the weight on Barry's shoulders because, I mean, he and Wally broke the Speed Force. Yes. Like, what, what's happening is their fault. Yes. And... He has that going on, and then Iris is getting all these memories back, and like you said, you know, it's uncomfortable, to say the least, to say, oh yeah, yes. you were married in another yeah. life. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, so you get where they're coming from, but it's still like, wow, y'all spent so much time just trying to connect, like, like, like it's like, it's like watching Ross and Rachel. It's like, yes. Come on, guys. Yes, just get, get it together. It, get together. Right. Um. <laughs> And I really, I'm really liking this trend that's in DC now. Because Scott Snyder's doing this with, um, he did it in Metal and in Justice League, where the heroes are really they're they're the ones who are messing stuff up, and they have to clean up their mess, but it yes. creates a bigger problem. And I really find that to be very interesting because usually, you know, these are like the 
like the paragons, the gods, compared to like Marvel's heroes and stuff like that. But yes. in this situation, they're about as powerless as they can be because they don't know what's out there. And I I love that, mm-hmm. especially like with you know the Flash and Barry Allen's such a smart guy, and like he figured out just the stuff with the gravity, right, which was really cool. It's like well, if he he stops, like actually I think I can do this, and there it is. Um, so I'm I'm really digging it. I <laughs> I can't I I feel like every time I read this I'm running out of nice things to say because it's just it's just really great. Williamson for 54 issues has done a really good job. My God, That's yes. Crazy. My God, yes. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. It's it's amazing what Williamson has done on this title. Mm-hmm. At you know. After Mark Wade finished his run on The Flash, yeah. people were like, oh my god, that's the best, that is the definitive Flash run. There, mm-hmm. How could you get better than Mark Wade's Flash? There's no yeah. way. And then Jeff Johns came along. Yeah. And holy crap. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh shit. This, Jeff, this is the definitive yeah. run on The Flash. <laughs> how can you get any better than what Jeff Johns has done The Flash? Yeah. And then um, along comes Joshua Williamson. And it's like, holy crap. That is no... That is no uh, yeah. uh, uh, Easy uh, no yeah. to follow uh, iconic runs like Wade. You know, titles are lucky if they get one iconic run. Yeah. <laughs> okay, much less two. Yeah. But to get a third, yeah. and I'm and I'm telling you right now, uh, Williamson's run on on Flash, I will put it right up there with Wade and, and Johns. Yeah. I will put it same. right up there with them. Mm-hmm. What he is doing. What he is adding to the mythos, mm-hmm. oh, it is right up there with Wade and Johns, yeah, oh, without yeah. a doubt. Uh, so, blown away. Obviously, for me, the amazing part of this issue is the end with James Jesse appearing. Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap! I love the original Rogues. I never liked out Axel Walker. Yeah, he's the current younger trickster. Yeah. He's always annoyed the hell out of me. And you know, in DC, has a tendency to to kill off a character and replace it with a younger, hip, trendy version of the same character. Yeah. They've been known to do that in their past, more than once. Yeah. They've been known to do that, and I hate to say it, more often than not, it it, it, it shoots them in the foot. Yeah. And so, James Jesse, he got killed in the lead-up to um, to my favorite GC Big Event Final Crisis. I know I'm like the only person who says that. Huh. I get it. I acknowledge it. Again, look, you know, hey, when people hear me uh, give a bad review on a comic like we did in the last podcast with Iceman and Boy, don't feel bad because sure. um, there are things that I love that I know no one else likes. Final Crisis. So <laughs> it's okay. Don't feel bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Final Crisis is good. They, you're, 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 no, Steve is one of the few people. Kidding. He's one of the few few people uh, to agree with me on that. So, uh, but but countdown to Final Crisis uh, that that took place. Um, before the big event, James Jesse got killed in issue number 22. So that was back in 2007. Yeah. Wow. I was not happy when that happened. I thought it was a great character. And then Axel Walker comes out. I'm like, oh, God, really? <laughs> this crap? Anyhow, what's interesting, Stephen, is you did a great job reviewing the issue itself. And Williamson's awesome job in the title. Totally agree. I can't really add anything other than what you said already, except agreed. I wanted to go view more of the uh, macro picture of it of what is Rebirth doing. Yeah. And there are certain titles that are really embracing Rebirth, Flash being one of them, Mm -hmm. obviously with Wally West coming back and whatnot. Uh, 
bringing back James Jesse, I mean, DC's, again, yeah. the New 52 has just been obliterated. Pretty much, yeah. Just been yeah. obliterated. And the real DCU is coming back. And all that continuity is coming back. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, this is huge. Yeah. And, it, and it also makes me wonder, okay, so what part of DC's continuity are we rolling back to? Are we rolling back to pre-Final Crisis continuity? Are we? Is DC saying everything from that happened between the lead-up to Final Crisis to the New Fifty Two mm -hmm. didn't happen? Or what? What? Where? Where are we rolling back to? Because by bringing back James Jesse, yeah. you're also um, you're looking past everything DC did in the years leading up to Flashpoint. So I thought maybe they'd be rolling it back to Flashpoint. Flashpoint came out in what about 2010? Yeah, 2011. 2011. Yeah. And so you got this issue was in 20, 2007. So it's like, wh where are we rolling back to? Just before Flashpoint? Just a few years before Flashpoint? What exactly are we doing? Um, it definitely is opens up a lot of continuity questions. Yeah, and those does. fascinate me. I love them, <laughs> and I'm really curious to see where DC's going with them. I love it, but it's just, it's yet again, it's another return of the real DCU again. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I have to think this all has to be coming together at some point. At some point, DC's, whether what's going on with Titans, Justice League, Flash, what's going on, you know, in Wad, uh, the uh, Doomsday Clock, Doomsday Clock yeah. It's all got to be coming together at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's it's fascinating. It's fun. It's what makes me love the DCU. Yeah. The DCU has one of the most wonderful and fascinating and delicious continuities there is. Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed DC's continuity far more than Marvel's. Yeah, It's so much more fascinating. It's <laughs> so much more textured and, and, and just so much more... There's so much more substance to it. Mm -hmm. It's so much richness to it. It is a real modern mythology. Yeah, it is it fascinating. Is. I find the DC continuity absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thrilled to see DC, again, embracing the continuity. Yeah. I'm thrilled to see the New 52 continuing to be blown away <laughs> completely. It's fascinating. This ending was awesome. Yeah, It was awesome. And just when you think Josh Williamson can't outdo himself he manages to do it it's stunning yeah but he does it in a very but it's but none of it seems for shock value mm -hmm. all of it is logical all of it builds off his prior stories right he has a master plan and that's what williamson brings to the table going back to the issue itself uh, when it comes to plotting outside of jeff john's Joshua Williamson. Yeah. I mean, I'm seriously. Jeff Johns, Joshua Williamson. This guy is as good as Jeff Johns when it comes to plotting a complex storyline. Yeah. This guy can build an intricate story with multiple plot lines and do it in a phenomenally logical and intelligent fashion. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't and I didn't think DC would find another Jeff Johns, but they got one with Joshua Williamson. Yeah. This guy can world build with the best of them. He just can. And what he's doing here is, this is hard to do. Most writers cannot do the kind of plotting that Williamson is doing. No, the kind of world no, building that no. Williamson is doing. 
cannot you cannot sleep on this. This is hard to do, and he's doing it with what appears to be complete ease. It's amazing. He makes it look easy. Yeah. When it's not at all. It's it's hard not to believe that he has this that he has had this like on his mind for yes. a long time. Like I imagine before even getting on the Flash. I imagine he has a wall in his. Yep. In, in, in his office where he works, and it's this huge mind map yep. that goes across this entire wall in his room, you know? And he's just madly writing on it, and lines yeah. here, and lines there, and he's got stuff <laughs> plotted out for, like, the next ten years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, that's the kind of way the story reads. Again, the character work, fantastic. I like how he handles Barry. I like how he handles Iris. I love the tension between the two. I like how he's dealing with her memories. I love the rogues. I love Cold from the Future. I like how balanced the issue is. I love how you get lots of great action. There's tons of action in this issue. Yeah. It is, despite being a very deep, complex story, it's also got lots of action and it's also quick moving. It's not, again, not easy to do. No. Often writers get bogged down. This isn't it. This is as balanced as the game. If you like action, you like the story. If you like complex storylines, you like the story. Mm-hmm. If you like adventure, <laughs> you like the story. It's got everything. It's, it's everything. This is one of the best titles. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. It really is phenomenal. It's just good stuff. It is as entertaining as a mainstream superhero comic can get. This is good stuff. DC should be very proud of themselves. This is what people, when people buy superhero comics, this is why they buy it. Yeah. And I think Marvel's learning that people buy superhero comics not because they want an indie comic. Yeah. If you want an indie comic, uh, go buy an indie comic. There's yeah. plenty to choose from that are very, very good. Mm-hmm. I'll go get it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like if I want to watch a romantic comedy, I'm not going to watch an action-adventure movie. Yeah. Okay? Right? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's if I want to watch a heist movie, I'm not mm. going to watch a Predator movie. It's, it's – you can't – Yeah. It's just how it – it's just, you know, I think Marvel's learning. DC already gets it though. Yeah. They already figured it out after the New 52. Yeah. We got it. We know what people want. Mainstream superhero title, mm-hmm. we got you covered. This is what we're going to give you. This is awesome. Yes. I recommend it. If, you, if you're enjoying Snyder's Justice League and haven't read this, you got to get this. Yeah, you do. You got to get Williamson's Flash. You really do. And if you just like straight up superhero action adventure, mm-hmm. you got to try The Flash. Absolutely. Um, I agree. And the art, I like the art. The art is really good. This is good. This is good, solid mainstream superhero artwork. It's very energetic. The action scenes are great. Jacked up Hulk-sized Flash looks <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very – there's a lot of detail to the panels. It mm. looks good. It's a very visually appealing comic. Yeah, it is. So how would you grade out Flash 54? Um, I'm going to give – I'm going to give the writing an 8, and I'm going to give the art – I'm going to give the artist seven. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do miss Howard Porter. Oh, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. But um, I do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a... Yes. There's there's no reason that if you like superhero comics that you should not be reading The Flash. Amen, brother. I'm going to go a shade bit higher than you. I will give the story a nine Night Girls out of ten. I will give the art eight Night Girls out of ten. Definitely give this title a try. It is worth the price of admission. Yeah. Period. All right, my friend. Next up, Hawkman number four. All right. This is brought to us by one of my favorite writers. Again, DC just has all the writers right now, Stephen. They yeah. got all 
the writers. They really do. <laughs> and they, it's an embarrassment of riches. They have, but the thing is, they have writers who just write superhero comics. Yes. They don't have a bunch of indie writers. They got writers who write superhero comics. Mm-hmm. Robert Vendetti. Venditti, I apologize. Is doing the words. Mm-hmm. Brian Hitch doing the pencils and the inks. By committee, it's Andrew uh, Curie, Andy Owens, and Daniel Enriquez. The colors by Jeremiah Shipper. This issue, basically, you've got uh, our boy Hawkman, mm-hmm. Carter Hall, on Thanagar. And he is, first we see the, the, the you're reminded about the fact that you've got the, uh, the great destroyers out there, the big mm-hmm. giant winged robots that are leveling entire cities and planets. Yeah. Judging cities and planets and destroying them all. And this is what Hawkman is racing to try to prevent. Mm-hmm. So you, you're reminded, you see them, you see them uh, destroying a faraway world. And everyone dies. Oh, no. Horrible. Yeah. And then you cut to Thanagar. And Hawkman's basically been going through time, mm-hmm. visiting all of his past lives. Yes. In the prior issues, he went to ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. where he visited his uh, the, the, the pharaoh, the pharaoh uh, Prince Khufu. Khufu. Yeah. And here he's meeting um, Katar Hall, mm-hmm. uh, the Thanagarian police officer. Yeah. And Katar Hall thinks that Carter Hall is Bythe, who is a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, people I remember caused Katar Hall to kill his own dad. Mm-hmm. Bad guy. Anyhow, it's, the, most of this scene is a big chase scene throughout Thanagar as the two Hawkmen, the Katar Hall is chasing Carter Hall. Finally, he catches up to him. They brawl for a bit. They land on a big stature, statue of Cal Morin, a, a great hero mm-hmm. of Thanagar. They square off. Carter Hall finally gets Katar Hall to realize, dude, you're me. Yeah. I'm you. We've been recarnated like a billion times. <laughs> Don't you have thoughts from prior lives? Or yeah. Come on. Think about it for a second. And aren't you also having visions of the Deathbringers? Yeah. And that gets Katar Hall to chill out. They start talking about what they, you know, what they need to stop. And at this point, we see uh, Shiera or Shiera, because she's the Thanagar version of Shiera, right? Mm-hmm. Arrive on the scene with some other cops. Uh, Carter Hall hides underneath the hand of the big giant statue, and yeah. and Katar Hall is like, ah, the guy was a nobody, whatever, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. I take care. Let's go. Let's go back to patrolling. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And while Carter Hall is under the finger, he sees a gem there and goes, wait a minute, this is what I've been searching for. Because he was, he's within yeah. all these timelines, he's He's trying to find these certain these artifacts, artifacts yeah. in each timeline to help him figure out how to just stop these these horrible death bringers. So he's like, oh, grabs the gem, and then whoop, goes back to our present day. Yes. All right. So he's back on Earth, present day, and he's like, what do I do with this thing? And then we see him in Indonesia. He's getting healed up, and uh, he uses a bloody cloth because he remembers Xanadu telling him that blood you know, can... Whatever contains an ocean of existence, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Wipes the medallion with it and it starts to glow, and then poof, he disappears. Yeah. <laughs> and then poof, he reappears. And uh, Carter Hall's like, Where am I now? Yeah. And then you hear from all panel, Carter, is it really you? And we turn, and it is the real Adam. Mm-hmm. That's right, baby. Ray effing Palmer, the real Adam. And he's like, What brings you to the microverse, big guy? And it says, Next issue. Hawkman and the Adam together again for people who don't know, who haven't read a lot of old comics from this 
60s and 70s and 80s. Hawkman to Adam, that's like Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay? That's what that is. The, this <laughs> is an iconic buddy team. Hawkman and Adam. Iconic. Every much, every much as iconic as, as Green Lantern, Green Arrow. This is a classic buddy team. It is all Stephen. I'm like crying tears of joy after reading Flash <laughs> and how awesome it is. And James Jesse returning. And then I pick up this and I'm getting the real Carter Hall. The real Carter Hall. The real Hawkman and all of his glorious continuity. And I'm getting Ray Palmer. And I'm getting the two of them together. I'm just like, oh my god, DC, you do love me after all. You do love me. <laughs> I forgive you for the new 52. I'll take you back. <laughs> I loved it. I love this issue. I love this ending. I, it's like DC is just writing comics for me. Just, what, what would Rock like today? What, what would Rock like to read today? What, make it happen. Make it happen. You know, I, somewhere, there's, this is going to happen. Yeah. I, I love it. It's, now we got that out of the way. Hawkman number four, Steven. What'd you think? <laughs> um, well, I know why you liked it. Um, um, I do... Um, I've really been enjoying Hawkman ever since it came back. Yep. I mean, it's... I wasn't sure because Hawkman's one of those characters. Like, he's a classic character. Yes. And he's cool. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I'm not sure how he's going to sustain a solo title. Agreed. Because, I mean... Fair I point. Thanagaro have done that already. Yes. Someone Earth. And blah, blah, blah. But I really like the way that they use, like, that is continuity. Mm -hmm. Like, that is literally the story, is Hawkman's continuity. They haven't, <laughs> unlike other reboots of the franchise, mm -hmm. they haven't run from it. Yeah. The other difference is the other reboots, they have rebooted the character and run, mm -hmm. screaming away from the continuity. They have! Whereas yeah, in this have. one, much like with Rebirth in general, mm -hmm. they are embracing wholeheartedly the continuity and then trusting a very talented writer yeah. in Venditti to make sense of it. Yeah, and to expand it, because he's not only Hawkman on Earth, yep. he's Hawkman yep. everywhere. Thank you. Yep. Which is really cool. Yes. Yep. And um, it's, it's, it's such a neat idea. I can't believe yes. I never thought of that before. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I've, always, I've been like, it's kind of like a, like a, and some of the issues are like an Indiana Jones. Yes. Vibe. Oh, definitely it's, Indiana uh, Jones vibe, no doubt. And so I've really been enjoying that. But seeing you know, um, uh, let's see, Cater Hall. Yes. On the future Thanagar is really cool. It's yes. Just, it's it's just really awesome. There's, it is. It. I mean, some people might be like, you know, uh, well, nothing much really. Ha it's 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 a big chase scene, and then you know, the the. the solution is right there because he says oh point me in the right direction and then right the finger yes which i thought was really clever i thought so too but um yeah it was i mean i, I it's fun it's it like, it's, like it's fun it's yes. really it's interesting it's fun it's got good character work um the art is great i love the art um and it's it makes you want to come back uh totally and i like that and you're right it, there's a lot of chasing Right? And sure. action in it. Yeah. But in the chase and action scene, Venditti is doing character work. Yeah. He's pulling off some quality character work during that action scene. So, yeah, while it is a very, very long, I mean, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
it's a 10-page yeah. chase action scene, but he pulls off a lot of good character work, mm-hmm. but keeps the story moving, yes. keeps it lively, mm-hmm. keeps you entertained, mm-hmm. and at the same time pulling off good character work. Yeah. That's actually how you should do it. In a, in a yeah. mainstream superhero comic, that's a good way to do character work, to yeah. entertain me at the same time. I think it's brilliant. Well, I think it's really well done. And there's a general, again, we're going to go back to this all the time, it's general fun vibe to yeah. what they're doing. It's just, it's again, not that it doesn't have seriousness, mm-hmm. not that it doesn't have dark themes. It does, but the general vibe is one of fun. Yeah. It is one of action and adventure. And much like Indiana Jones, which had dark themes, yeah, it mm-hmm. is still fun. That's the overarching element that binds everything together. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And that is for this title as well. You have the... And it's cool. It's, it's, it, Venditti's doing a good job of melding some of the sci-fi elements of Hawkman with the nice Indiana Jones theming of this new Hawkman yeah. together. <laughs> in a very nice way. Very mm-hmm. seamlessly, actually. It works really well. And it's a great way to... This also this approach that he's taking is a great way to get new readers to understand what is a rather complex and highly messy continuity. Yeah. So it's a good way to explain it. It's a good way to streamline it and clean it up at the same time mm-hmm. and educate your readers. Yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And provide it as a good jumping off part for a new direction for a character. That is very smart, mm-hmm. not easy to do, and Venditti does it. Mm-hmm. This is very, very well written. You got action, you got adventure, you got good character work, yeah. you got nice dialogue. Mm-hmm. The dialogue between Katar Hall and Carter mm-hmm. Hall is really good. Yeah. I, I like the voice he's giving Carter Hall in general. It fits it. It gives. He's getting his own unique identity, which Hawkman kind of struggled with compared to the other big iconic DC characters, the big Justice Leaguers. Yeah. He's getting his own character. He's getting his own flavor. He's getting his own vibe, his own personal, you know, his own his own unique personality. It's really starting to be fleshed out. Yeah. And I dig it. He's becoming a fascinating character, which is what I was worried about because it's been hard to make Hawkman particularly fascinating. Yeah. Part of that because they keep restarting the damn character. <laughs> you know, but... Vindy's really doing a good job of making Carter Hall a compelling character, and then adding Ray Palmer to the mix is just a <laughs> shout-out to beautiful, gorgeous DC continuity. Yeah. It is. It's embracing it. It, it makes longtime readers happy. And new and, and, and for newer readers, it, it exposes them to a wonderful buddy team that I don't care who you are. If you can't like the two of these two together, then you, you just don't like superhero comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a you problem, not a DC Comics problem. You know what I mean? You got some weird hangups. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's great to see them together again. It's just a cool ending. It's a fun story. It's it's just, I can't say enough about it. It's so well written. So well written. And again, if you like mainstream superhero stories, DC's got what you're looking for. Yep. And they got it in heaps and bounds of it. I mean, just tons of it. It's fantastic. And the art, great artwork. Hitch is a very good artist. Yeah. He is very cine- he's a very cinematic style art mm-hmm. artist. The splash pages are beautiful. The panel layouts are great. It's a visually just, uh, it's a very visually appealing comic. It's just a good looking, engaging story. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what's not to like. I really think, I, I, 
I know Hawkman's been a hard sell in the past, but I urge people give give Hawkman a try. Yeah, give right. it a try. This is very very good superhero stories. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. You will enjoy it. It is absolutely worth the cover price. Yeah. This is quality entertainment. I 100% agree. And I'm just saying, I know they, you know, they got to get their their main people right. But if they branch out, this is the Hawkman movie right here. Thank you. Take it like that. Amen. I know. I totally agree. I think this this would be a great foundation for yeah. Hawkman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you grade a Hawkman number four? Um, I will give. I get, I'll give Hawkman number four. I'll give um, eight out of ten for the story, and I'll give the art nine. I love Brian Hitch's art yeah. so much. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's it's carried me through a lot of his terrible writing. Yes, yeah, so. absolutely agree. <laughs> I agree. It's that's it's always a nine. Unless yeah. he just just completely craps out one day. Right. Don't right. do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm with you on that. I would go. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to mirror you exactly. Actually, eight night, eight night girls out of ten for the writing. Nine night girls out of ten for the art. Fantastic issue. Go buy it. Next up, my friend, Red Hood Outlaw number twenty six. Mm-hmm. Yes, on his own now. This issue brought to us the words Scott Lobdell, <laughs> Pete Woods doing the art. And we begin with the Red Hood riding a bus through the middle of nowhere, just through America, 2 a.m., somewhere. I love it! <laughs> that's, what the little, that's what the little panel box says, America, 2 a.m., somewhere. That's somewhere. all you need to know. Perfect. The bus drivers, just Red Hood and the bus driver, no one else, they come across an injured person in the roadway. It turns out it's a female FBI agent who has just had a partner killed by a crime boss, and she's been shot up. And she recognizes, uh, she, at first she's like, you know, you guys just leave me alone. He's like, Red, you know, Red Hood pulls her in. He's not his Red Hood costume yet. Right. And um, Jason pulls her in, and suddenly some bikers appear in the scene. Uh, it's not good when the bikers show up. Nope. And when you're in the middle of America somewhere, <laughs> that's a bad thing, Stephen. <laughs> and so Jason goes, I'll go outside and handle this. And then he proceeds to whoop all kinds of Frank Castle Punisher style ass on these guys. Oh, no. He, like, (laughs) sets a couple on fire, Mm -hmm. burns another one, breaks another one's neck with a chain, stabs a dude through the throat with a knife. (laughs) I mean, stabs another dude in the chest, grabs a gun. Headshots a couple of guys with the gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like, oh, yeah. okay. And then he steps back in to the bus. He grabs his duffel bag, pulls out his mask, and the female the agent's like, "Where are you going?" Of course, they're shocked this guy just whipped ass like that. Yeah. And he's like, "She's like, where are you going?" He responds, "To work." <laughs> that, come on, is that not Eastwood? <laughs> Is that an East, I mean, that is so Eastwood, isn't it? Where's your dork? <laughs> you know? And she's all like, oh my God, I know the mask. I know who you are. You're the Red Hood. You tried to kill uh, Cobblepot. And the bus driver's like, oh my God, run it on my bus. I'm freaking out. FA, <laughs> FA just like, put your hands in the air. You're under arrest. I'm serious. Can't let you walk out of here. Nope. Just doesn't say anything. He's just getting dressed. He's just putting his mask yeah. on. And he's like, you know what? I've been I've been chasing this underlife. Uh, we saw that in the annual. Mm-hmm. He's like, I must be on the right trail. You need medical attention. Get out of here. 
And uh, she's like, I can't let you. I'm an officer of the law. I can't let you go. And uh, he's like, well, did the law work out for your partner? (laughs) 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 And he walks out of the bus. (laughs) That was great. Um, I like the new look for him, by the way. I like the uh, traditional Robin Domino style mask combined with the red hood. Like, uh, uh, how do you describe it? Like a, you know, Hannibal Lecter red kind of lower face mask. It, it's it's a cool look. It, it it gives him more of a sinister vibe. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, he then heads off to where the gangster is is uh, that sh- shot and killed the uh, FBI female FBI agent's partner. Uh, we see he's in cahoots with the local sheriff department, and boom, the lights get cut off, and in comes the red hood, and he just starts whooping butt. Doesn't say anything, Stephen. Yeah. There's no talking from the Red Hood. No nope. quips, no witty banter, no nothing. Just a whole lot of carnage. Mm-hmm. I mean, his teeth are getting knocked out by crowbars. He is just <laughs> he is just whooping ass. I love that. He comes in with a crowbar. Yes! It <laughs> just whooping ass. And, uh, and the, the sheriff is the last one standing, and he like goes to get his little CB, and he's like, hey, you know... When he contacts the bad guy that he's working for, and then there's some mastermind behind everything, of course, right? That the underlife is working for. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you have to help. And the mysterious person's like, I told you never to contact me on this frequency. And the sheriff's like, you said underlife would keep us safe. You didn't say anything about no red hood. And then he's like, hello? Are you there, the sheriff? And then you see the red hood with the cord from the CB in his mm-hmm. hand. He goes, no, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so 1980s action movie. I love it. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, a week ago I never heard of the Underlife. And now it's the only thing anyone's talking about. Tell me everything you know. And the sheriff's like, no, please, they'll kill me. And Red Hood goes, did I somehow give you the impression I wouldn't? <laughs> so you hear the sheriff screaming. And then you see, like, the, the gangster mob boss running away. He's the only one to get out alive, right? And he gets into his car and he fires it up. Turns the headlight on. Oh! And there's Red Hood casually leaning against a, a building in the headlights. And he, Red Hood just covers his ears. Doesn't say anything. Just covers his ears. Puts his fingers in his ears. And the, gang, the gangster mob boss is like, I don't get it. And he looks down at the steering wheel. And you see a little sticky with the Red Hood symbol on it. It says, boom. <laughs> and you don't see anything. You just cut to the FBI, female FBI agent in her hospital bed listening to a news report. The explosion led authorities to the precinct where... So you didn't even see it! I was like, that's awesome! That is awesome! You don't need to see it! That was... You you saw the note, the sticky note, boom. And then you cut to the news report. That was perfect! And so, you see Red Hood visiting the female FBI agent. And she's like, are you going to turn yourself in? And he's like, here, gives her uh, her partner's FBI badge. And um, she's like, I'm a little surprised that a Gotham crime boss is so sentimental. And he's like, I recently lost two partners myself. And then, uh, yeah, he goes on that Gotham isn't a city anymore. That's why he's not in Gotham. And uh, the FBI agent's like, you know, I'm breaking every rule in the book, but I could really use your expertise um, on this, on this, uh, with this organization that I'm, I'm investigating. And he's like, um, Red Hood's like, yeah, yeah, because that always works out. Believe me, special agent. The drop dead last thing you need is this outlaw. And he jumps out of the hospital, 
uh, room window, and it says, next issue, diners, drivers, and death. <laughs> Steven Red Hood, the outlaw, number 26, lay it on me. Um, well, you know what? Um, this is some nice 1980s Scary yes! Harry yes! style. Uh, I want to say cheese, but it gives the impression that it's bad. Agreed. Yes. But yes. It, it, you know what? I, I didn't believe it's it. fine aged cheese. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't believe him when he said this is what it was going to be. I said, "Oh, he's going to screw it up somehow." He's Scott Liddell. He's a freaking creep at um, conventions by his own admission. By his own admission. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't, nah, he ain't going to do it. He's going to. He's going to ruin it. And no, I. I oh, <laughs> Clint Eastwood is my favorite person, just in general. Yes. I think he's so he's a he's a badass. He's, yes. He he can be funny sometimes. He's, yes. He just he just the. One of the last, like, me- really manly men, you know. Yes. Now that Burt Reynolds, that Burt Reynolds is dead. Yes. Um, and and so watching reading this, I was like, okay, well, he's not talking, which is a good sign. Absolutely. These characters don't talk much. Yep. And then when he goes out and he just just destroys the oh, tigers, I was like, God, that was awesome. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was so awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, that, I had to like double check. I was like. Is this is this like is this appropriate for whatever? Because yeah. like there's not a lot of blood. But no, you see enough to know. Oh, he's he's wrecking some. Oh, he is right demolishing now. people. And you know what? I, if this could be every issue in a in a different setting in a different scenario where he's killing people in a different way, I'm yes. totally satisfied. Yes. Just, yes. And just the one-liners are oh. so good. They are so spot on, aren't they? Oh. They're so spot on. All the one-liners are... They're so good. I mean, are you there? No, but I am. <laughs> Where are you going? To work. <laughs> the one-liners are so great. I can't let you do this. I'm an officer of the law. Have the law look out for your partner. Oh, your partner. <laughs> no, it's just so good. I'm with oh, you. It's man. like, look, we said it over and over again. Neither of us have ever been fans of Scott Liddell's no. writing. Ever, 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 ever. Anyone who's been following the revolution since I started back in 2006 will know that. Okay. There are certain certain creators from 1990s Image that are in, in Marvel that I routinely poke fun of, yeah. and Liddell would be one of them. But damn, Steven. You know, I mean, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer that, you know what? The reason why I started the revolution was because I believe that you got to give – you got to give due and credit when it's deserved. Yeah, rightly, you got to you got to give it. You got to give it. And Scott Libdell, I got to give it to him. I like what he's doing on the title before leading up to this new direction. Yeah. I think he got better. Oh yeah. I think he was terrible at first <laughs> under the New Fifty Two banner. He was atrocious. <laughs> but once Rebirth hit, mm-hmm. he started to get his legs underneath yeah. him, and it got it got better. It got much better when Rebirth hit. Yeah. And it's gotten really good. Yeah. With his new direction. The lead up to the new direction has been really good. Mm-hmm. And this, he did it. I damn if he didn't do it, but he delivered what he said he was going to do. And I'm really impressed. This, if you like that 1980s 
Dirty Harry style yep. movie. If you like that kind of action, you're going to love this title. You're going to love it. This mm-hmm. is right. This is tailor-made for you. Yes. Because he is very, he is a very terse mm-hmm. superhero. Mm-hmm. He's very laconic. And he lets the action speak for himself. Yes. And Lobdell deals that action out in just brutal glory. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. This issue is quick. Yep. I mean, it moves quick. Yeah, oh yeah. And it is jam-packed full of action, Stephen. I mean, this is this is nearly wall-to-wall action from, from cover to cover. Yeah, I definitely. mean, it's it's awesome. And he keeps the dialogue to a minimum, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. And he gets he gets Jason Todd over in this new direction through action, not words, mm-hmm. which I love. I love when a writer can can show and not tell. Yeah. And Lavelle manages to show us this new Jason Todd, not tell us about it. Mm-hmm. It's really really well done for what it is. You got to understand what you're getting now. Mm-hmm. You're not if you're looking for a Grant Morrison style story, you're going to be sad. Yeah. You're not going to have fun. <laughs> if you want a real brainy, you know, intellectual engaging story, you're not going to get it. But if you want straight up hardcore unapologetic action, yeah. You want an action style superhero story, this is what this is. This is straight up action yeah. story. That's what it is. And um, I'm going to use the word again. It's fun. Yeah. Again, it fun can be different ways. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely a lot more violent yeah. <laughs> and a lot darker. Mm-hmm. But it's still fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's an enjoyable title to read. Yeah. It's, this is really good. And I appreciate that DC's like, you know what? We're going to roll up a straight, we're going to roll out a straight up action title a no holds barred testosterone fueled Mm -hmm. old school action title why not what why why not if (laughs) if you want to have a wide range of comics Mm -hmm. why shouldn't you be rolling out an old school testosterone fueled action title yeah what the heck (laughs) it's something different that's right and it's done really well it's, I got to give Liddell credit. It's done really well. I'll be curious to see if, I'll be curious to see if Jason, in his search for this Underlife organization, if he is going to be traipsing across the country as a loner, mm-hmm. um, a la the old Incredible Hulk TV show. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm wondering if that's what's going to be like, or if, if we're going to, where it's new characters in every single place he goes or if we're going to get any reoccurring characters at all mm-hmm. if this female FBI agent is going to turn out to be a reoccurring agent who who follows him along across the country they happen to continually cross paths mm-hmm. kind of like the reporter who chased down yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, Banner in the old Hulk TV show um, I'm wondering which I would be totally fine with her being a recurring character because I think the story could use I, I like the idea of him traipsing across the entire country yeah. and I like the idea of being a loner but I like the idea of him continually crossing paths with this female FBI agent. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I think so too. And I think she, um, I think, I think having somebody who's has a kind of an antagonistic uh, presence, not someone who's like who hates him or whatnot, right. but someone who has to 
a different philosophical approach right. to the salute to the problem. Yes, and not one that's you know Batman. Yeah, yeah, a agree, regular agree. person. Yes, basically. yes. I think that would be really, really cool because either you know he could that could be and when they decide to end this, what brings them kind of back? Right. You know they're not going to keep them away from everybody for too long. Right. Or he could have the opposite effect on her, which would also be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Where you know maybe she gets too out of control and he has to stop her. Yes. That would be. That, that's 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 exciting me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see that. Yep. Scott Liddell, if you're listening, stop being a creep and <laughs> take my idea. And take my for idea for free. For free. There you go. That's what <laughs> we're here for. What do you think of the artwork? Um, I liked it. It was, um, I don't think it was Pete Woods' best. It wasn't Pete Woods' best. I think it, you know, it was, it was dark and, and kind of, and kind of gritty-ish. I think he was trying, Woods is going for that for sure. Um, so it's not necessarily great. I think it, it, it suits it all right. I love the way the Red Hood looks now. Yes. Um, Oh, much better than the fishbowl in the head. Yeah. Look. Agreed. Totally agree. Which I never disliked that, but I like this one a lot better. Now. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like the. Uh, you can still clearly tell what he's doing to these people. Yes. Which is, which is really what I needed. I needed to make sure. Okay. He's shooting these dudes to the head. He's got this people on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that. Um, and so I think I think it did I think it did its job. Um, it did set the tone. Um, well, it's just, um, you know, it's maybe, you know, clean it up a little bit. Not yeah. too much, but a little bit more. Indeed. indeed. Um, I like the art too. Uh, I have the same, the same impression that you did of the artwork. I, I like the new look for, um, I like the new look for the Red Hood. It does remind me a little bit of Zartan from G.I. Joe. <laughs> It does. It does. Just a little bit. <laughs> it does. I mean, come on. You, you have to admit, there's a little yeah, Zartan. With the just... ho- come on, the hood and the domino mask. There's yeah, a little bit of Zartan God. in there. Well, shout out to Zartan. He's a great character, by the way. <laughs> Don't hate on Zartan. Don't hate on him. How'd you grade out? How would you grade out of Red Hood, uh, the outlaw number 26? I would give, I'd give the, I'd give the writing a, just for pure entertainment value, give yes. the writing an eight. Yes. And I give the artist six. I, I love Perfect. stories like this. I love mm-hmm. characters like this. The character of my first book was like this. I yep. love it. It's yep. amazing. Um, so, yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm going to go the story. I'm going to go right with you. Eight Night Girls out of ten. For what it is, very good. And the art, I will go six Night Girls out of ten as well. Okay. A little hit or miss at points, but overall, um, yeah. just fine. And the new look is, is really is good. Awesome. I totally agree. All right, my friend. Next up, Titans number twenty-five. What? Titans <laughs> number twenty-five, my friend. Oh, that's what you said. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is brought to us Dan Abnett doing the words, Brandon Peterson, Gilliam March, and Dennis Medry doing the art, mm-hmm. Ivan Placencia doing the colors. This issue begins with our heroes tackling as a giant robot attacking. And our heroes are in their Hall of Justice, because, you know, the Titans, the Justice League, all the different Justice Leagues, they're all working out of the Hall of Justice now. They're all in the same uh, Scott Snyder-directed mission of dealing with the uh, new uh, source wall energies that are leaking out. And the source wall energy 
is created these three threats that have attacked, uh, have broken out. So we have three different threats from the source wall energy that we have to break into three different teams and go address. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the long and short. I'm trying to simplify it a little bit. It's a lot more complex than that. Sure. And we get some more. In this issue, we have Beast Boy, Raven, Steel, Donna Troy, Nightwing, Miss Martian. Mm -hmm. Miss Martian is the stand-in for Starfire. Yeah. Steel, the obvious stand-in for a Cyborg. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Let me just tell non sequitur for a second here. Okay. I'm just saying. If DC wanted to add some diversity to Justice League with the founding characters, I totally get it. Not a problem. I'm with you. I'm fine with that. Might I have suggested you used Steel instead of Cyborg for several reasons. One, it would have given another female character to the original Justice League because all you had was Wonder Woman because they took Black Canary away from it. True. So you're left with just one female character. Mm -hmm. So you add another female character mm -hmm. and you make it diverse. All right. Not everybody's yeah. white. All right. So good job. Thumbs up. Sure. And steals a character that works just fine with Justice League. She's not really associated so much with it, with another team. Not yeah. like Cyborg is so amazingly associated with the Teen Titans. The teen Titans. Yeah. I'm just saying, they both are tech-style mm -hmm. characters. They're both sci-fi-style characters. They both bring the science, technology, uh, brainy aspect to the team. She could have filled the same role very easily, and you wouldn't have effed with the <laughs> Titans so much. It happened... I'm just saying, wouldn't that have been nice if someone had maybe used a little thought and said Steel would have been great in that position. But be that as it may, mm -hmm. she is playing the role of Cyborg on this team as our tech go-to character. Yeah. With Miss Martian playing the role of the sexy female alien. Mm -hmm. With some tension with Nightwing, because they are going at it, but you know, Steel. They want to be going at it between the sheets. Oh, boy. Yes, they do. We're going to get there soon enough, my friend. Like Starfire and Sinestro. Yeah! <laughs> internet, ship it. Right now. I want everyone on the internet to start shipping it right now. I want Miss Martian, Nightwing, fan fiction, right now, ship it. I want to be reading it tomorrow. Okay. Oh, God. So... <laughs> You don't know what you've just done. <laughs> so anyhow, our team, they they um, they break up into teams. Mm -hmm. And I love it because I used to live in D.C. Yeah. I know all these areas. It's great. It, it, <laughs> it, it's, 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 fun. it's always fun to read a comic where they're taking place in areas you know. Yeah. So off to Anacostia goes Miss Martian and Nightwing. Of course, the two of them get paired up, Stephen, because they're in love. And then we have... <laughs> <laughs> we have Donna Troy racing off on our badass motorcycle mm -hmm. off to Bethesda. And we have the team of Steel, Beast Boy, and Raven heading downtown. And the Steel, Raven, Beast Boy, they find a giant robot that they have to battle. And during the battle, unfortunately, Raven, and this is brought up in the Justice League Dark title, all the magic face characters because of the source wall and whatnot, they're having the magic, their magic powers are starting to fade. So she's, um, her powers start to fade. And Beast Boy's having problems with his powers as well. Mm -hmm. And so Steel goes, mm, not a problem. I'm on it. And she starts rampaging after the uh, big robot. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty cool moment. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, 
And then you've got Miss mm, Miss Martian Stevens. I got to give props to the artist. Okay, this has to be this, okay. There's three artists here. Mm-hmm. You don't know who does what because they don't tell you. Sure. Who does what? Um, but I do know these artists, my friend, <laughs> and I do know their past work. And if Gillian March isn't the one drawing the Miss Martian panels, <laughs> I'll be surprised because. She's drawn very sexy, and Gillian March is the only uh, artist I know of who's like, yeah, I'm going to put them in some stripper boots. Why not? <laughs> I, I'm going to rock it like it's 1970 and 1980. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Stop me. <laughs> I'm Gillian March. I don't care. <laughs> That's why I love the guy so much. But no, st- seriously, I, I was like, this reminded me of reading comics when I was a kid. I was like, oh, yeah, Nightwing, you're about to get lucky, my friend. And so... <laughs> <laughs> they, they talk about how they're they're not getting along. You can feel the sexual tension, Stephen. And they enter this room. <laughs> By the way, I love Mish Marson's costume. That's a great costume. That's it a good a great costume. costume. Yes. That is a good costume. That's a classic superhero costume. I dig it. Yes, it is. I dig it. It's just very eighties. Yes, I like it. it I is. like it. This whole comic reminded me of reading a nineteen eighty superhero comic. By the way. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it just gave me that whole vibe. It was yeah. great. It was, and I mean that in an awesome way. I mean, in an awesome way. So they see this uh, fat lady watching TV, and they're like, "What's the big threat here?" Like the other team's dealing with a giant robot. We got a fat lady watching TV. What's going on? And she's clicking channels like I don't know, whatever, whatever. And suddenly we see Miss Martian and Nightwing in the TV, mm-hmm. and they're in Casablanca, mm-hmm. and it's time for some sexy times, dude. Yeah, and she's all like, mm, what's a superhero like you doing a dive like this? And Nightwing's like, ooh, hey, baby. And they're like, wait a minute, no, what are we doing? Ooh, you're attractive. Wait, no, hold on. There's going to be stuff. Ooh, let's have sex. So, this is great. And then the fat lady's like, this is not, this ain't my stories. And then we cut to Bethesda. And we see uh, Troy, uh, Donna Troy arriving on the scene. And we see Brother Blood's henchman there with this machine channeling some source wall energy. And we get a big old brawl. Then we cut back to Steel, buttshot, fighting the um, <laughs> fighting the robot. <laughs> and I've totally pre- see again. This is why this is 1980s because Steel's wearing armor, right? Mm-hmm. You still get a buttshot. <laughs> Not only that, her armor's tight fitting and has heels because you got to look fashionable in your armor, Stephen. <laughs> I respect the hell out of that. I respect the hell out of that. This is back in the 80s when, you know what, you were superior. You had to look good. Yeah. This was no, like, you know, no, no, uh, you know, form form meets function bullshit. Like, no, we need to, like, <laughs> real life costumes for, what would you really do if you really were, no, 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 no. This is superhero comics. We got to look good first. Yeah. Then we fight crime second. Exactly. It's like my wife has this uh, 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 t-shirt she loves. Got it in Miami. It's like an old school, like, it's all the 1970s, um, DC uh, female characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like Wonder Woman, Black Canary, Zatanna, whatever. But, but it's like they're uh, they're on the 1980s costumes, yeah. and it has and it has a uh, it says real women fighting their heels or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It's fantastic shirt. She wears it all the time. It's great. Um, it's a reason why I love my wife. Uh, <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, Steel ends up taking down the big giant robot. It's all destroyed. Yay, they think we won, but oh crap, it rebuilds itself. Yeah. Uh-oh, we cut back to Casablanca. Nightwing and uh, Miss Martian are like, oh, we're, we're 
what's going on? How are we going to... I mean, they're trying to figure out how to stop it, but at the same time, they're playing out the roles. So they're, like, dancing yeah. and, like, being all schmoozy, but at the same time trying to get out of it. And then suddenly the channel changes. The fat lady changes the channel. And now they're in a Western. And I like Miss Marshall in the Western costume, Stephen. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm thinking Night Wing does, too. I, well, yeah. I was just like, oh, little darling. Yes! <laughs> and she's got a garter belt on, too. Does. That's awesome. <laughs> and so... And uh, so, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and they're all speaking Western speak, you know, mm-hmm. it's great. It's fantastic. And, and, and like, Miss Martin's like, you know, doesn't even know why she's talking. Like, we surely, and, and Nick Nightwing's like, we changed, we, we done, we done gone swished again. Gosh darn it to heck, little lady. We done gone swished again. And she goes, we surely had, darling. Steel was right on the money. Bickering and arguing and all that negative stuff just makes these darn events worse. <laughs> It's great. They're like the bad guys. The, the bad guy outlaws are chasing them, and they're they they corner them, and they're like, you know, end of the trail for you, masked man, and that girl of yours. Put your get your hands where we can see him. And Nightwing's like, you want hands, Mister? How about this? <laughs> and the fat lady's like, I want my stories. And we cut back to Donna Troy beating up Brother uh, Blood's uh, henchmen. Then we cut back to the giant robot fighting Steel and Beast Boy and Raven. Then we cut back to now we see Nightwing and Miss Marshner in like a Star Wars style story. And uh, they're bound their way and they don't know what to do next. And then they transfer, transform back to the uh, Casablanca movie and they're about to kiss good smoochy smoochy time, Steven. I told you. And then we cut back to Bethesda again. And we see that Donna Troy, after battling with the Brother Blood guys, during the battle, she falls through a whole bunch of floors. And she's like the basement level of this building. And there she runs into this guy who's hiding down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And it's Ben Rubin, uh, Ben Rubel, investigative journalist. And it's his little hideout. He's doing some research with the source, uh, source wall powers. And then the Brother Blood guys showed up to take his machine. And he ran down to the basement level of this building to hide from them. Mm-hmm. And the best part of this is he's explaining who he is and whatever. And uh, he asks her, after he's done explaining who he is and what research he was doing, he then asks Donna Troy, wait, are you Wonder Woman? And Donna Donna Troy goes, yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. That was perfect. And she, like, grabs this guy and slings him over her shoulder. He's like, come on with me. And he carries him, like, all, you know, slugging around like a sack of potatoes. And they go back to the machine, channeling the source wall energy. And at this point, uh, we cut back to Miss Martian and Nightwing. And, and the good thing about it is they've realized that, you know, they begin to work out their differences. She realizes that he's, you know, doesn't trust her because he's, you know, not superpowered. He's on a team full of all these superpowered people. So he has to be an overachiever, kind of like Batman. He has to be an overachiever. He has yeah. to overcompensate. He has to always be in control. And here she comes, an alien. She's superpowered. She threatens to, you know, disrupt his control. And and he's like, you know what? Maybe you're right. And they kind of come to a meeting of the minds, right? Right. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? No, you're right, Megan. You have some valid points. And then she goes, also, who's Corey? He's like, what? And she's ah. like, she's been on your mind a lot. And so they quickly move on from that. We then cut to Donna Troy uh, with the machine, and there's like a disc on it. She's like, you know what? I'm going to have to do something drastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to tear this battery at the center of this machine off before it blows up. 
and she does that, and by doing that, it solves all the bad guy, all the source wall energy problems that all the teams are dealing with. They all disappear, mm -hmm. and she's left standing there holding this battery that's glowing with all this source wall energy. Right. We then uh, cut to Miss Martian contacting everybody with her telepathic powers, saying, "All right, let's you know." Donna tells her, "I solved the problem. This is a machine. I got the energy source. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada." Let's all go meet back at base. You've got Raven. She's she's just she's all sad because she's lost her powers. And you've got Miss Martian and Dick Grayson all like, you know what? We've reached an understanding. Let's not tell anyone that we, you know, we're smooching. And uh, until later. And then um, we have we come back to Donna Troy telling the journalist guy to come with him, to come with her to the Hall of Justice because he might help them figure out what they're dealing with with this source wall energy because mm -hmm. he's been investigating it. Right. I love this part. So she hops on her bike. So cheeky. The bike is, she's lying on it. I mean, she's like, <laughs> she's basically in doggy style position on this bike. <laughs> And then tells the guy, Ruble, what are you waiting for? Hop on. <laughs> and he's like, S -s seriously? Because <laughs> he's basically going to be doggy styling what he thinks is Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> that is so cheeky. I love it. I love it. There is nothing wrong with a little cheekiness in your comics. That is so funny. It is such, she's like, what are you waiting for? Hop on. He's like, uh. <laughs> you could kill me. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, and so then we cut back to the Brother Blood henchmen. The ones that were at the investigative journalist's head, uh, little hideout. And they've got some of his notes and whatnot. And they're like, reporting back to their boss, who you think is Brother Blood. Uh -huh. Saying we got the notes, you can help you build this weapons that you want to take over the world using the source wall energy. And we pan back and see it is not brother blood. It is mother blood. Bum bum bum. Did that come in, did you? I didn't. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the end of the issue. Titans 25, what do you think, Stephen? Um, I just have to say, I feel like when you were reading this issue, you had, uh, what was it, Careless Whisper by George <laughs> Michael Payne. But, um, when you, when... <laughs> I did. I really love this issue. It just reminded me of when I was reading comics as a kid. Like, when comics were just so much fun. Yeah. They were just fun. We weren't worried about all these weird, like, hang-ups. We were just having fun. It's just fun. It's just fun. What's wrong with fun? <laughs> yeah, and, and and I agree with you. Like you said, it reminds you of a 1980s comedy. It totally reminded me of that. Yes! Like, it's just fun. Um, it's it's fun without sacrificing some seriousness. Abs oh, absolutely. Um, but it's just... And honestly, it's just some stuff is just really goofy, but in a good way. Like the yes. stuff with the TV. Yes. Oh, God, those the, things were great. Those, oh, they're so funny. 
And that's it has a good sense of humor. Yes. Um, it's got good character work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all of that. Absolutely. Um, they and they found they found the perfect way to get Nightwing and Miss Martian to stop fighting. Yes. But it was fun. It wasn't cliche. Right. It was kind of cliche, but it was, but it was, it was in a fun way. Absolutely. And um, I, it, I, I don't know why people. Wouldn't like this. It's like everything else I've said with all these other issues are so good. I know. I know. I know. Dan Abnett is just, he's just putting on a clinic with this title. Mm -hmm. This feels like, to me, this feels like, this is why I liked the Teen Titans as a kid. You know what I mean? I felt like I was reading the Wolfman Perez Titans. It felt, it it looked like the Wolfman Perez Titans. Mm -hmm. It it read like it. It (laughs) felt like it. It just, it, it was... Like I was transported back to the without being just a parody of of the Wolfman Perez Titans. Yeah. Adam is doing his own thing, but it has the essence of the Wolfman Perez Titans. Mm-hmm. It just feels right. Yeah. It has the soul. It has the soul mm-hmm. of the Wolfman Perez Titans. And you're you're totally right. I mean, it's it's absolutely a fun title. Yeah, it's a it's a blast to read. <laughs> you got a smile on your face, and you're right. There's some great humor, but at the same time. He's dealing with some serious themes and some heavy moments. I mean, the Raven storyline's sad, mm-hmm. and Beast Boy sad. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with some heavier themes, mm-hmm. and you've got a legitimate threat, mm-hmm. a twist on a classic uh, Titans villain in Brother Blood. Right. And I like how this again is Abnett's able to use the Source Wall storyline and the Source Wall energy leaking into our into the DCU from the Justice League into Titans in a nice fashion mm-hmm. that helps supplement and expand upon what Snyder's doing. Yeah. And I think this is a very action it, it is definitely got lots of action. The the all three plot lines oodles of action. The giant robot uh, Donna Troy dealing with the the source wall uh, energy machine, and then Miss Martian and Nightwing in the TV. All three plot lines have tons of action. But Abbott's able to, and this is what he was able, he's able to do in all of his titles, which is so fantastic. He's able to take action scenes and pull off phenomenal character work in those action scenes. Yeah. And that's what he does here. He pulls off great character work with, with, with Raven in the action scene against the giant robot. Mm-hmm. You see what Raven is going through. Yeah. And he does it within the context of the action scene, so it gives it a little bit more, it gives it more impact and urgency on the reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does brilliant character, I mean, brilliant character work with Miss Martian and Nightwing mm-hmm. in that action scene. Yeah. I mean, brilliant character work. You really get a good feel of where both characters are coming from and why they are conflicting with each other. Yeah. And he walks them to that in a very logical, organic fashion that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's... in. It's the first step in their uh, eventual uh, love for each other, Stephen. And, so, and and then you have the you have the storyline with 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 Donna Troy, which is hers is a little more straightforward. Sure, a uh, little more. That's more of a straightforward action action storyline that is used to build the bridge to the next plotline involving the um, Mother Blood. Yes. Okay, but even hers, I think it's a little thing. Very, and it's a little throwaway line that's funny at the same time when when, when the reporter's like, are you Wonder Woman? Yes. Yes, yes I am. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then he proceeds to call her Wonder Woman throughout the rest of the story, too. <laughs> and he calls her Wonder Woman throughout the whole story. It, it's perfect because 
it's not just humor. Donna Troy legit thinks she, she is Wonder Woman. Yeah. She doesn't view herself as Wonder Girl. No. She doesn't view herself as junior to Wonder Woman at all. No. She views herself as Wonder Woman's equal. Mm-hmm. She, she legit thinks that. Yeah. In that little moment, tells you that, like, yeah, Donna Troy, she legit can pick up the mantle of Wonder Woman just fine. Yeah. And that's how she views herself. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Totally. Which I think helps her character, which has suffered a little bit from identity crisis. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, but I mean, but all the character, all the character work I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think all the characters are well developed. I think the chemistry is awesome. Mm-hmm. Abnett creates amazing chemistry between all these characters. Yeah. All of them. It's phenomenal. I mean, it, it feels genuine. Yeah. Doesn't it? Oh, and the dialogue yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> What what's that like? You get amazing character work, you get amazing chemistry, you get amazing dialogue, you get awesome action, you get great plotting, you get an engaging story, mm-hmm. you get it wrapped up in a really fun, entertaining package. Yeah. This comic is why I started reading comics when I was a little kid in the eighties. Mm-hmm. This is why. Yep. <laughs> this is why. And and I like it. Like it's okay. It's like people for a while from, I think from like 2000 on, have gotten so obsessed with making comics real. Yeah. Making super comics realistic. real and realistic. And you, well, you wouldn't dress that way. You wouldn't act that way. And you've got to think about this uh, social issue and this, that. These are superhero comics. Yeah. They're modern myths. Mm-hmm. Superheroes are supposed to not look like me mm-hmm. or you. They're not supposed to, they're not supposed to be us. Yeah. They are these are modern myths. They are superheroes. They should look outlandish, yeah. spectacular, larger than life. Mm-hmm. And yes, part of that means they're gonna look overly attractive <laughs> or overly unrealistic. Yeah. Like a pro wrestler. They're gonna be larger in life and outlandish because it's a superhero. Mm-hmm. It's something greater than us. Yes. That's what a modern myth is. And their purpose is is to entertain, to be wild and fantastical and entertaining. It's not to give me a real-world reproduction of the society and the ills that I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I can turn the news on for that. I can live my life. I can go to my work and get that. This is supposed to be wild, escapist entertainment. That's what super comics were. Until 2000, when people decided it had to be political, social commentary, and had to be brutally realistic. Again, is there a place for that? Yes, that's why you have indie comics. <laughs> Get all you want. For a mainstream superhero comics, this is what I want. This is what you should be getting on a mainstream superhero comic. This is it. And this is a fully modern comic, yeah. but it has the essence of what made comics so great when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. In the 80s. You know what I mean? I don't know how someone wouldn't enjoy this comic. This is a great team comic. How would you not like it? It's got everything you're looking for in a comic. It just does. And DC is just killing it. They're absolutely killing it. And Abnitz does a great job. The artists do a great job. This is visually appealing. You could give, and again, you could give this comic, Stephen, to anybody. To anybody. Mm -hmm. And they would enjoy it. 
there's something for anybody in this comic, mm-hmm. whether a particular character, you know, maybe you're, maybe a raven might appeal more to a teenage girl, beast boy might appeal more to a preteen boy, uh, Miss Martian might appeal to rock. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's something for everyone. Yeah. There's, there's a character for everyone. You know what I mean? But they're not written to the exclusion of other people. I yeah. like, oh, I, I love, I love, I, I legitimately love every character in this comic. Yeah. I love them all. Mm-hmm. Steel, Raven, Miss Martian, Beast Boy, Nightwing. They're all great. Donna Troy. They're fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, it's just more of this. Yeah. And right now, this is a kind of team title that Marvel is not giving us. <laughs> oh, no. They're not. They're not giving us a team title like this. No. They're just not. So, fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah. Um, how would you grade out Titans 25? Um, Titans 25, I'll give it... Um, I mean, I can't really say anything more than what you said. It's absolutely correct. It's. I'm going to give it uh, straight eights. It's a... It's it's actually you know what now I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it uh, I'm gonna give the story a nine I really really liked how yep. they how they handled it and um and the art I will give it I really liked it a whole lot the the committee aspect always yeah makes a little, I mean it's all good it just doesn't flow yeah that's well. agreed agreed but it's still good mm-hmm. I totally agree I will give I'm with you the story gets a nine that goes out of ten for me this is mm-hmm. a fantastic fantastic story the art i'm gonna go with you it'd be a little bit higher if it was just one of the artists i think yes. these are all three very talented artists mm-hmm. very talented oh, artists yeah. uh, but i will go eight night girls out of ten for the mm-hmm. art as well the, you people gotta buy this comic yeah it's... gotta buy it yeah. all right my friend last up superman number three yes this is gonna be easy title to, to review my friend it is because <clears throat> not much happens no uh, you start off in the star of, oh, I, first I must tell you that this is brought to us, the words by, um, Brian Bendis. <laughs> and the pencils by Yvonne Reese. Yes. And the inks by Joe Prado and Auclair Albert. Yes. Colors by Alex Sinclair. That's a good credit, uh, a oh, good, a good, okay. um, art, art team. team. Yeah. Very good art team right there. Mm-hmm. This is a good looking comic. Oh, yeah. You know what's interesting? Because there's not much to talk about in the stories, I'm just going to hop to the art for a second. Yeah. Uh, this really, this, something about Reese's pencils with Prado, I think Prado and Auclair ink and stuff, because that's who I usually see ink and stuff, mm-hmm. Prado and Auclair. This, this art looks like 1970s DC art to me. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment, my friend. Yeah. I mean, this looks like the kind of art you would get from, you know, like uh, Cockrum. Or, um, uh, come on, who is the guy who, uh, Adams. Adams, yeah. Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looks like, uh, this looks like that really, 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 really good 1970s superhero artwork. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember issues of Legion of Superheroes that look like this. Mm-hmm. Just like, look like this. Just, just really good. Jerry Ordway. Yeah. Just really good stuff. I, I just, I, it's a compliment. I don't think people think that's an insult. It, no. It's not an insult at all. But it has that. Just If you go back and look at some of DC's comics from the 70s, it's got that beautiful, beautiful look to it. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. And you don't see it a lot anymore. Beautiful look. Um, 
so anyhow, in this Superman, it's basically we know that um, that we're the Earth is in the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. and it's the entire planet. We see that something at Star Labs went awry mm-hmm. and caused the planet to get sucked into the yeah. Phantom Zone. We then cut to somewhere else in the Phantom Zone, and we see Rosal Gizzleblatt <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, the uh, jacked up fish on steroids. Yeah. And he is approached by, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jax Ur. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two of them kind of chit-chat a little bit. Jax Ur is like, who are you? And Razzle Glizzleblack stands up and says, I'm... I am Raul Julia. How do you not know who I am? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Jax Ur is like, oh, okay. Literally, after after Fishface introduced himself as Thingle Ginnabot... <laughs> Um, literally one, two, three, four panels later, Jack Sir goes, who are you again? Dude, it's been four panels. (laughs) Really? How many times do you need Ronnie Dangerfield to introduce himself? I know, seriously. So, (laughs) at this point, uh, Jack Sir has his homies, his army, attack uh, a tingle wizard. (laughs) <laughs> and um, we get a big brawl. Yeah. And then we cut over to all of the Justice League members are, uh, Bruce is trying to, Bruce, Superman is trying to talk to them. Evidently, they're all poisoned. It's because the atmosphere, the Phantom Zone atmosphere is poisoning um, the, the residents of Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say, though, I love the art, but this one panel with, Bruce Wayne in his Batman costume. I'm guessing it is. It is. I'm guessing this is the is Wayne stately Wayne Manor. Because yeah. you know Superman's like we should try to contact Alfred uh, to help Batman. But I mean I'm guessing it is stately Wayne Manor. I mean he's in a bathroom that has like fresh rolled towels, like a little butler's bell. Yeah. You know. So and a book. So that's high end. So if you just look at this part of the panel, you're in a very high end bathroom. Mm-hmm. But if you cover up the the right side of the panel, look at the left part, it looks like a disgusting, <laughs> gross, stained <laughs> jail cell urinal. So I, 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 I don't know what to make of that, Steve. I don't know what to make of that. That's the bad bathroom. There you go. The bad room. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, uh, there we go. Anyhow, so uh, Superman has now learned that we're all being slowly poisoned. That's not good. And um, Aquaman says, as all the Justice Leaguers are talking to each other, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do next, Aquaman goes, I have to ask, if Earth is here, what is where the Earth was? Oh, that leads us to the most bendous of all moments of the issue. We cut to Adam Strange, sitting in space, satellite next to him, nothing else. Next panel, exact same panel. <laughs> Next panel. Third panel now. Exact same panel. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's Adam Strange. All the way from Ryan. Next panel. Close up of Adam Strange. Next panel. Same panel. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. <laughs> that was a page. Okay. All right. Thank you. We cut back to Ranger Tinsel, and he is uh, taking care of all of Jaxer's army, and he says, nope, I didn't kill anyone, because I want you to follow me as your new leader. Mm-hmm. 
And you, Jaxor, you, you need to follow me as well. And at this point, Jaxor asks him, who are you, stranger? Oh, my <laughs> fucking God, Stephen. Oh, my God. Is Jaxor suffering from, like, <clears throat> some kind of, like, blunt, uh, acute head trauma? Did he get lobotomized? Are you, are you kidding me? How many times is he going to ask him this? <clears throat> oh, my God. Wow. Well, he keeps changing his name. It's so hard to remember. And then what happens? He tells him his name again. <laughs> I am Grizzle Grizzlebot. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm reading the same panel over and over again, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Like, literally the same panel over and over again. Yeah. It's like a story on a loop. Yeah. I mean... Okay, so we go through the same thing again between these two characters. Mm-hmm. Again, they've decided to join forces. Yay! It took okay. all this to get Stephen pages. We're 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 practically at the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. It took pages and pages to get us here. Mm-hmm. They could have taken us like two pages. Yeah. To be generous, there's not much here. Here, <laughs> we then cut to Superman. We see first. We see people looting a store. Then Superman arrives. Put it down. Cut it out. Now, takes off. People start returning stuff to the store. I told you. Oh my god, I hate you. Well, what? 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 Why did? Why did we get this page? Why are we? Why did we get this page? <laughs> like the Adam Strange page. It's just these are pages that don't have any meaning or point or purpose. They're just. We're here because I have no story to tell. But I have been paid to fill up 25 pages. Mm-hmm. We then cut to the Hall of Justice. I did, this might be my favorite part of the issue. Why? Because we get my boy, Ray Palmer, mm-hmm. and, oh, oh, Ted Cord. My boy, <laughs> Ted Cord. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. Good stuff. Um, who doesn't like this? So Superman arrives. He asks them, because these are all the these are all the science guys. Mr. Trivik's there, Will Magnus is there. Oh yeah, Ryan Choi's there too. And um, <laughs> these are all the science guys trying to figure out what, what to do, right? And Ray Palmer's like, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get down to a tiny size and zip over to Star Lab, like he does through his telephone system, mm-hmm. and find out what we can do. Okay? And so Superman then takes off and is really worried. He's like, man, if Brainiac's like Ray Palmer are worried, we're really in trouble mm-hmm. with this situation. And then he spies, I guess, with his supervision, he spies Fizzle Dizzle <laughs> riding, <laughs> riding this massive, generic spacey alien monster thingy with the horde of Krypton's bad guys behind him. And it says, next issue, war. Steven, Superman 3, what'd you think? Well, okay. So, when this, um, when this was announced and I knew that Bendis was going to be taken over, I was concerned for a myriad of reasons, um, most of which had to do with the fact that I just didn't think he fit in with the character. 
Yes. You know, if you can't handle the character, then why are you even going to bother writing mm. title? Yes. Um, I didn't. I didn't mind the the six issue mini Man of Steel he did. I thought that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of like the act the the action comics like where it's more based around you know like the stuff on Earth with Daily Planet and all that. It's all right. Yep. Um. I realized that I may have been concerned about the wrong thing <laughs> because I, in my, in my worry about him not handling Superman correctly, I realized that this man cannot write a um, decently paced comic book yes. to save his life. God no, God and no. And so I have a guy who, like, I mean, Superman is not great, but it's it's fine. It's, it's 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 recognizably Superman for the most part. Yes, it's yes. And, um, it does not it does not offend. No, it does not offend. Um, JMS. Thank you. You know what you did. Thank um, you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But once again, I am finding myself going. Okay. Um, what happened? Yes. Oh, nothing. Nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. Great, Stephen. We begin the issue with one. Two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, six pages in Star Labs. Yeah. Six pages. What do we learn in that six pages? Um, that Livewire exists in the DC Universe? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. That Star Labs started... S- screwed it up. Screwed yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Six pages mm-hmm. to tell us that Earth is in the Phantom Zone because of... Star Labs. Star Labs experiment mm-hmm. gone wrong. Yeah. Six pages, mm-hmm. Stephen. Six pages. Yeah. That, that, that's two pages at most. Yeah. That's two pages. Mm-hmm. Then we spend one, two, three, four, five pages mm-hmm. with Jack's Ur meeting Fizzle Dizzle. <laughs> right? <laughs> then we get one, two, three, four pages mm-hmm. of everyone being poisoned. Of everyone yeah. being poisoned by the air. Yeah. One, two pages of Fizzle Jizzle still fighting with uh, Jack's Ur. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then one page of Superman dealing with some looters. Mm-hmm. And then two pages of Superman at the Hall of Justice learning nothing again. Right. Learning nothing. Mm-hmm. Just that Adam's got to go to Star Labs to figure out what's going on. Right. And then we get one, two, three pages of Superman flying off and Gorblat, Hubble, and the horde of bad guys heading to him. Steven, the entire issue, if you, yeah. the entire issue, mm-hmm. the only new thing that happens in this entire issue mm-hmm. is that Gorblat Grizzle is leading a bunch of bad guys against Superman. Yeah. That is it. That is the only plot progression you got. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. We got we got roughly four pages of content in this issue. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You could skip this issue, Stephen, and you'd be okay. Yeah, I would say so. I, I just, I, it's not like we're not going to get explained to death what happened. Thank you! It, it, it's amazing how literally nothing happens. Yeah. There's not even any pointless action. No! There is... No action no. anywhere to be found like, at all. Like... There was literally zero action. Yeah, we learn literally nothing new. Yeah, and it's incredibly slow, mm-hmm. and it's quite 
boring yeah. and dull. Mm-hmm. It's just ah, as it just we just we're slowly meandering down the river. We don't know where we're going. It doesn't really matter because ooh, look at the sky and the trees over there, and it's a bird, and we're slowly. Me- what what are we doing? Why am I here? What's going on? Yeah. This is horrible plotting, horrible pacing, and this story, Stephen, is as thin as they come. There is no meat on the bones to this story whatsoever. No meat on the bones. And character work, there is none. You're right. Superman does not offend. He is absolutely as antiseptic and as generic as he comes. <laughs> okay. Great. And so is everybody else. Yeah. They're there. There is no soul to the story. There's no character work. There's no... Everybody has the same external voice. Of course. Duh. And it just... It's a pointless comic. You are paying a lot for very little in the way of actual content. This is not good. No. It's not horrible. No. It's not good. No. It's just... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. You don't give me enough to actually say it's bad. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. No substance. The art is fantastic. Though. Oh yeah. The art is gorgeous. It's a yeah. beautiful comic to look at. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, I stopped reading it because there's nothing to read. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no story there. There's no. There's literally no story. So I just stopped reading and started. And just, I was just soaking in all the beautiful artwork. Yeah. It's a beautiful comic. Oh yeah. This is this is this is absolutely like a. A, a bubblehead supermodel. She's just stunning to look at, and then she opens her mouth, and you're like, "Whoa! Yeah. You have nothing to say of value." Okay, moving on. You know, uh, it's just wow. Not good. Not good. Not not good. And I don't know how people. I mean, you, comics aren't cheap these days. No. They're not cheap, and you're paying four bucks a pop for a comic. Mm-hmm. I. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe back in the day when comics were a buck, a buck fifty, maybe you could get away with rolling out a comic that has virtually no content whatsoever. Yeah. But in a day and age of comics costing four bucks, yeah, you come on, come on. I get Netflix for eight ninety nine a month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, four bucks. You gotta, you gotta actually deliver now yeah. material with how much you can get for your entertainment dollar in 2018. Yeah. I mean, your competition, your competition for the entertainment dollar, you know, you're not, at, you're not giving value when you roll a comic like this out. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, how do you grade out Superman 3? Like, when you laid out all the wasteful pages, like, just really, really laid it out. Like, I knew. But then I was like, huh. Yeah, that's, yeah, there's a lot. I just kind of, I guess my eyes just glazed over while I was, I was reading it. Because I thought, you know, the one page of Superman with the looters, like, okay, that would have been, like, one of those little off-panel, oh, gotta go do something, zoosh, stop it, zoom. Oh, okay, like, that might have been funny, and, mm-hmm. you know, a better written title, but mm-hmm. it's just more wasted space. Right. So... If that is the only wasted space, then that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. But it's not. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. So, I, I guess I'll give... I'll, I'll give Superman three a three for the writing. I'll give the <laughs> art. I'll give the art an eight because I still think that um, uh, Radiohead looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Worst. I hate that. Design. Worst villain ever. Yeah. 
just as stolen design as too. stupid. He looks dumb. He just as, he it's is dumb. stupid, lame, generic, Ugh. no effort villain. Yeah. Just oh, the worst. It's like man personified. It is. It is. <laughs> God. Um, I'm gonna go. I will do the story. I'm gonna go three night girls out of ten for the story. Okay. I'll go eight night girls out of ten for the art. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. I'm gonna go nine night girls out of ten for the art. I convinced myself. Nine night girls out of ten for the artwork, and uh, just the title's not working. Mine. No, it's it's just not. It's it's depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's hey, really look. At least he's Bendis is not writing a bad Superman. He's not made Superman like you know. Yeah, jokey Bendis speak, or you or, know, I, I give him credit for that at least. Yeah, that's true. I mean, his Superman isn't like what I was worried yeah, about. I have to give him credit for that. He's at yeah. least restrained himself from, from making Portland. you know Superman a hipster from Portland. <laughs> that's 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 a but that's a big step for Bendis. That's that is that's true. that's a big deal. So I, I got to give him credit for that. It is, and um, and also, um, and he also didn't make Superman a quote Thoreau. Oh, yes, indeed. What are you doing uh, out uh, here? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, so true, my friend. So true. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> that's it for this week's selection of DC Comics that we had. Let me tell you what, Stephen. Um, that's a good average. Come on. Yeah. We, uh, Flash, Hawkman, Red Hood, Titans, all got big thumbs up from us. Mm-hmm. And Superman's the only downer of the bunch. Yeah. And let me tell you what. That's a good batting average. Yeah, it is. Uh, DC, at this point, I've said it before and I'll say it again, they are simply at another level compared to Marvel right now. Yeah. They are, oh, they are yeah. operating on a different level. Mm-hmm. They just are. Uh, they are really kicking butt. They are yes. creating really quality mainstream superhero titles. They deserve agree. people's support. I hope people run out and buy more DC comics. It's yeah. good, good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're we're entering a. I mean, it's amazing because DC was down for so long, yeah. and nearly they nearly killed themselves. The New Fifty Two. Yeah. I mean, they were down before the New Fifty Two. Oh yeah. But then nearly just Kevorkian themselves after that <laughs> with the New Fifty Two. You know what I mean? And to see them come back from the dead mm-hmm. is phenomenal. They deserve a lot of credit. DC has really, they have owned their mistakes. They mm-hmm. have owned their mistakes with the New 52. Yeah. Owned it big time, mm-hmm. which I respect. Yeah. I respect I respect a person who can own what, when they've screwed up. Yeah. They own their mistakes. I think they gave heartfelt apologies. Yeah, they did. And you will never see Marvel do that. No. no. No, 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 no. Will not happen. The quintessential New York mm-hmm. company. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Oh, look, we're there to serve them. Yeah. Not the other way around. <laughs> we should be honored, honored that we get to buy their stuff. <laughs> that's how they that's how they think. All right. Uh that's how that's how Marvel views us. DC though, I think, has learned and I think they realized how poorly they treated the fans. Yep. With the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. And I think they were very genuine in owning their mistakes. I think they were very genuine in their apologies. Yep. And I think they've been very genuine in how they're treating their fans now. Um, while still trying to modernize and update their titles. Sure. Look, I, I, I'm not... Look, yeah. They, they needed some modernizing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, they did. <laughs> they did. But you could do it the right way. Yes. Um, and oh, so 
uh, I've just been I've blown away. Mm-hmm. Just really blown away. It's made I did not Stephen, I did not think DC could pull this off. I didn't oh, think I know they could do didn't. it. I, I, I really like, didn't. I don't know. Maybe I didn't think like, they could no, pull this they're off. Never gonna come back. I didn't. They're I thought they dead. were. Yeah, I thought they were dead in the water. Yeah. And credit to them, they have really come back. Mm-hmm. They have really come back. Um, I don't. It's it, it's it's great time to be a, a DC Comics fan. It really is. I mean, a fantastic yeah. time. Yeah. So, anyhow, my friend. Hopefully, next week's comics will be just as good as this week's, huh? That's right. Good deal. As always. Check us out online, comicbookrelation.com. Check us out. Kevin's probably posted five reviews during this podcast. He probably posted some rebuttals that he sent out for <laughs> my number one That's comment. right. That's right. Exactly. All right, my friend. Until next time, viva la revolucion.